Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast with your host, Brian Hill, County Executive of Fairfax County, Virginia. Connect with County Leaders gives listeners the opportunity to hear County Executive Hill discussing the county's opportunities, priorities, and issues with leaders from around the county. Hello and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. I'm Brian Hill, and on this edition, I have been joined by Tim Henstreet, County Administrator of Loudoun County, a position he has held since December of 2009. I said that, 2009. Tim, welcome to uh, Connection with County Leaders. Um, where were you before Loudoun? I mean, 2009, that's, that's a lot of years, 13 years, 14 years? a minute. I, yeah. was, uh, I was in Miami Beach, Florida. So you were actually in Miami Beach, Florida. That's where I was. And then you came to Loudoun County. I did. Well, I, you know, I grew up in the Reston Herndon area. So uh, for those of you out there that are familiar with it, I finished uh, elementary school at Forest Edge, went to Herndon Intermediate, Herndon High School, then James Madison University. So, oh, so that for me, this was coming home. My uh, wife's family's from Pittsburgh, so we wanted to come back. To Virginia, this area. So you're a Fairfax guy. Well, I, I yeah, previous, previous, <laughs> previous to first coming life, first now, life. I will tell you, at, at least half of my graduating class from Herndon are probably Loudoun County residents. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, been a bit, you know, number of years since since high school, but uh, still run into some of them fairly regularly. So now I, I, I will give a shout out to all the Herndon Hornets out there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I want to go back a bit. Uh, I think the first time you and I actually met was at a NACA conference, and I can't remember if it was San Antonio, Texas. I think it was in Texas. And I pulled you aside and I said, hey, it's finally a pleasure to finally meet you. Um, every time I read about you when I was in James City uh, County, Virginia, or in Beaufort, South Carolina, it was always about the great things Loudoun County was doing. And it makes sense because you were educated in Fairfax County. <laughs> so it makes sense now. It may, or in JMU. In <laughs> JMU. So it's putting that back together. Um, you know, um, we had a lot of com- communication during this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, we learned so many lessons. Uh, what was one of the main lessons that you've learned as a county administrator? Because I don't think people understand that we have a multitude of departments that we have to deal with. We do. But what is the main lesson you learned during the pandemic? Well, I'm going to answer that. But the first thing I'm going to say is, and this is, I want everybody to know, I don't know if you can see it or not, but Brian's got this iPad in front of him, and he's got a bunch of questions. And uh, Yeah, I do. looks like, uh, well, you know, this whole thing kind of scripted out. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I read those questions I, and sometimes I don't. Yeah, but I'm not going to show it. I have a text message from Brian that says that he was going to send me questions in advance, which he did not. So Ooh. on my half, this is completely unscripted. But. What I will say, are those the questions you're going to send? Right there. Oh, okay. But anyway, what, what, you, you know. Mean, you, they didn't send you questions, really? No, they said you're going to send But anyway. Well, here, this is what we'll do. You take that. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you those questions? You could ask me anything you want. I'm going to put it this way so we both can see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't care. The, I, know, uh, I know you don't. Uh, the, you know, the pandemic, I think, was uh, certainly one of the largest challenges in my career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that. That the reason why I, I say that is because it was kind of all encompassing. So everybody everywhere was kind of in the same situation. And you know, if, if I go back to my previous experience, uh, being in South Florida, 
you know, definitely uh, in October 2005 when Hurricane Wilma came through South Florida, I was in the EOC in Miami Beach and, you know, saw some things, you know, it's nothing like sitting in, in a building as a storm is coming through and you're watching roofs peel off in the parking lots and, you know, you get out after that and you see kind of the devastation that, that a, a storm like a hurricane can do, you know, but then as, as bad as that is and as bad as that recovery is, if you go outside the geographic area of that hurricane, people are going about their normal lives, right? And, and then you have uh, assistance and help and everything else like that coming from other places. You know, with the pandemic, there wasn't anywhere that you could go that wasn't impacted. Right. And so it was, it was one of those situations where it was just bad across the board. Yeah. Uh, but what I did learn is the, the, you know, the level of dedication that uh, local government employees have. And I, I know this was the same in, in, in Fairfax as it was in Loudoun, where everybody kind of said, you know what, we're in this together and we need to, we need to get through this. And, you know, we did some things that prior to the pandemic, I probably would have said, yeah, we could pull this off. But the level and the, the I mean, we pulled off a, a pod or a, or a point of uh, distribution for uh, vaccinations that was capable of vaccinating 7,000 people a day, yeah. right? I mean, you look at the other, I mean, that that is very similar to what, you know, some of the larger places across the U.S. were doing. I know that you had several um, pods that stood up that were there for, for the vaccination process. Yeah. You know, we did mass testing sites. Yeah. Um, you know, we never closed. Right? We, so. we didn't. And, you know, it was funny. Um, and I, I remember calling you not, not, not particularly happy with a conversation I had with the state. <laughs> and, I, and I said to you, I said, you know, if they just gave us all the vaccines, we yeah. can, we can do the whole state by ourselves. Um, uh, but they were yeah. rationing those vaccines and we had they a certain were. amount. And, you know, that created a little bit of hysteria. And then we were on a call and, Forty percent of the vaccines that were not used in southern, sorry, other parts of the of the of the state, and I'm sitting there looking at these folks saying, "Well, just give them to us. We'll figure out how to get them all vaccinated." Because we oh, had yeah. we had lines. Yep, we had lines, and then we had more capacity than we had vaccine. Correct uh, for you know for much of it. So, but you know, um, uh, COVID really peaked our our, our emergency management philosophy, right? Like yeah. you said, I mean, I was in Beaufort, South Carolina. You have a hurricane. You go 50 miles east, sorry, west, or 50, 50 miles north, there's nothing going on. Yep. But yet, you come back to Beaufort, and you're like, wow, that's a lot of devastation here. Man, this pandemic was something. It was something. You know, in, in I, I was talking to somebody about this a little bit ago, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you remember, there we did no, prior to pandemic, seriously, prior to the pandemic, we did a pandemic exercise. We did. Right? So we had assumed, I think it was an assumption that there was some type of aerial burst of, of yeah. some type of bad chemical thing or biologic. And so we actually went through the process of setting up these these pods. Um, but, you know, we, we assumed that uh, it would be this acute event, you know, like right. a hurricane or something like that. It's an acute event. So you do it, you hang out, you deal with your stuff for four to six weeks, and then life goes back to normal. But that's not what happened. No, not I at mean, all. We're sitting here 
I mean, I think I think we're mostly past it now. But you know, that was two and a half, three years of. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question, and you're you're gonna you're gonna probably smile a little bit. The recession of 2008, nine ish. You were in. You were transitioning from Miami. Yep. To here. All right. Take that versus this pandemic that has lasted us. And I, I've 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 dubbed it COVID sixty, and people looked at me like, "What are you talking about, Mister?" I said, 1920 and twenty one. Then it went to eighty two. Then it went to one hundred and five. Because we're still in twenty twenty. We're in twenty twenty three. I yep. still I still see the effects, the remnants of it. Here's, here's your printed version. No, I'm good, here's man. I want to make sure gone. you can see it. Well, I don't I'm, want the battery to die for you. That's so. okay. This is this is not this is not Loudoun County. We don't we don't we don't <laughs> rely on data centers. <laughs> so that's uh, backed up to your local. Government. This is this yeah. is on all in the cloud now. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what data center. I know, but we got our own. That we is got, the cloud. Hold on a second, but we got yeah. our nine now. Okay. Compared to your 150, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh it's one of those things that uh, uh, have really blossomed over over the last decade and a half or so, yeah. and uh, it's it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things that people want because you know you have a device like that iPad. I don't know if people can see it or not, or uh, smartphone or, or something right. like that, uh, or you watch your kids playing video games and. Oh, I'm ready. And so everybody wants the ability to use a device, and uh, but then it brings all this other infrastructure, whether it's data centers, yeah, power lines. Yeah. Um, and so, well, you guys have really done a, done a great job with the infrastructure. But I'm going to ask you this: one, I mean, before we talk about our infrastructure, when you look at Miami in 2008, 2009, Loudoun County, with the assessment drops, the, the recession, vis a vis COVID pandemic. Which was easier to manage? So that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because both of them have their pitfalls. Right. The, I think, I think I would say that that the Great Recession um, was something that was known, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of us that have been here in or been in local government for a while in leadership positions, you know that you're going to hit a recession. It's cyclical. And there are things that you're going to have to do to take measures. But, but even during a, the recession, even though there's economic or financial difficulty, uh, there are still most people going to work. Right. And or being able to go out and live their lives, go out and congregate with each other. I think, I think what made the pandemic more challenging is the isolation. Right. Uh, you know, people were not able to go do those things that, and make people people, right? right? Being able to congregate, go see a movie, go see a, you know, I was talking with your staff out here, uh, go to a baseball game, whether it's the Marlins or, uh, imagine, or the Orioles. You imagine sports radio for that 18 month span and had no game. Well, yeah. I mean, that was you crazy. Know, it was making stuff up. You know, I remember about. going through a high school season yeah. where, uh, you know, my, you know, kids participating in sports is wrestling and there's, there's no spectators. So you're, you know, you got this little video screen that you're trying to, watch something happening and you know it's stuff like that that just made it more challenging yeah but i think um when i look at what you've done in loudon county what we're doing in fairfax county um it was very challenging yes but we've gotten mighty better you and i have gotten a lot closer obviously because we've had to deal with things not the same things but the same things you know 
right? Scale and scope, different, but yes, all the same. Um, I remember speaking with you often, and it wasn't about COVID. It's like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. You, you know, because yeah, well, I'm still tired. <laughs> I, I've never been as a as a as I've never been as tired as I am today. But the, the reason why I was asking that question to you specific is because I believe in my new day you were the deputy. Yeah, I was the assistant. And then and then you come to Loudon in the middle of the recession. Our skill sets change over time. We get we we hope to get better over time. But yet the problems seem to get bigger and mushroom out more and more, which creates the tiredness because we're always spinning, 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 spinning. So I don't want to talk about COVID much anymore, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to have COVID for another two to three years yep. because we have folks, you know, my, 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 my workforce is uh, two days uh, in the office and three days telework. Um, there's a lot of push on my end to switch that up a bit. And I'm still trying to get the flexibility, trying to allow my, my, my team flexibility to do it because IT positions don't really need to be in all the time. But yet I have, you know, people in the front who need to be in all the time. So I'm trying to really understand what's next with, with, with COVID because COVID has created a lot of what's next. How, how are you, Trent? How are you dealing with the what's next with COVID? So, you know, my perspective on that is events like COVID, recession, um, you know, anything that challenges society uh, pushes progression, right? Right. Uh, so, you know, whether that's leaps in technology, whether that's changes in the, in how we use technology. So, Part of me looks at it and says, you know, the evolution of, of, of sharing the workspace between the traditional office environment for those employees that are office based, uh, and, um, their home, uh, was something that was coming. Right. You know? So right. for example, my, my wife's a CPA, uh, she, for the most part, has had a home office for at least the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, you know, because unless they're at a client, they're typically, you know, they might go to a central office maybe once a month or twice a month or something of that nature. So, uh, you know, for, for a lot of us, you mentioned IT positions, some IT positions, right? So, you, you know, yeah. your help desk and folks like that that need to assist people, uh, that are physically in the office still need to be available. Uh, however, there, there are a lot of positions that can be just as efficient and effective you know, working from home right. um, a few days a week. Right. Now, I think the trick to that is figuring out how to to manage uh, in that virtual environment um, because, you know, we get used to uh, if you're in the office, you walk down the hallway, you catch somebody, you know, in their office or you join a conversation right. and you get, you get a lot of informal work done that way. Right. You know, in a virtual environment, you have to be more deliberate about that. And that's a change that, People have to switch in their in their brain, but you know, I've watched I've watched my wife. They they have a morning huddle, at, you know, at a certain time. It's the same time every day. Then they have their check ins throughout the day. So they still there's a way to still remain productive and connected. Uh, but I think to your point, there needs to be times and places when everybody comes in to get to know each other and to and to work 
together. Uh, you know, but there's also other things that, that we've discovered that we can also use, you know. So, you know, for our folks that are in the field, right? So you talk about crew leaders or, or uh, you know, lead workers and thing, people like that. Uh, you know, prior to COVID, in order to order something, they're on the field, something breaks, or they need, they realize they need some more supplies or something of that nature. They'd have to, you know, get back in their vehicle, come back, see their person, purchasing person. Um, you know, now it's, it's, you have a digital device. Yeah. You don't even, you, you get on your team's call, right? And you're talking to your, your purchasing person who, who could be at home, but they're working because they have the same work hours, right. right? And you have that video capability. You just, you know, just, uh, Turn the phone around and say, "This is what I need." Yeah, and so in so many ways, it's made us more efficient. In so many ways, it's made us very much more unproductive. Well, and yeah, well, you got you got to pay attention to the culture, yep. Right. You got and you got to make those connections. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I I talk about you a lot to a lot of folks around the country, and I say, you know, uh, Mr. Hemstreet and Mr. Hill have. A lot of constituents, a lot of people that we have, and residents that we have to to to, to deal with. Um, when you look at the population of Virginia, just you and I have got almost twenty percent of the population. Wow! Think, think about it. I mean, eight million and between the two of us, we got about twenty percent of the population. I I always cite something. I always cite something to my to my board, and I'm not sure if you do this, but I'm whenever I'm out and about, I say. 14% of the population is right here in Fairfax County. Right, okay. So we're 24% of the net wealth. Yeah, okay. So every dollar I send to Richmond, I get 22.8 cents back. <laughs> if I just get two more yeah. pennies back, yeah. I wouldn't have, I would be on top of the world. And I see Loudon. Now yeah. at about 120,000 median income average, I guess somewhere around yeah, there. A little higher than that. 130,000, 140,000. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There. Are you are you seeing the same type of metrics that I'm seeing? Yeah. Because your wealth Most is even definitely. your wealth is even more, and it seems like when we do better with our economic collaborations, because we do have a regional economic partnership now. Yeah. When Arlington received. Um, Amazon, I went over to you and I said, man, that's awesome. And you looked at me, I said, trust me, man, we're going to be good because the silver line's coming. All those things are going to start planting up and we're going to get more business. I have 48,000 registered businesses in Fairfax County. And our B poll went up $10 billion from one year to the next. Wow. Just in receipts, right? Because you know how B poll is. Are you seeing the same type of economic boom in Loudoun County? That I have seen in, in Fairfax. Yeah, so there's no question our the loud economy, you know, has been growing and outpacing uh, the region, mm-hmm. DC Metro as well as Virginia. <clears throat> I I don't know that we can as easily connect it to Amazon HQ2, just being a little bit farther out. Right. Uh, you know, we've always had a strong, or at least I shouldn't say always, but for at least the last. 20, 25 years loud has had a strong entrepreneurial, uh, uh, business community. I mean, we've, we, you know, 50% of, of the workforce in the county doesn't leave the county. So right. they're working in county, uh, which is a little bit different from some of the, uh, you know, closer in jurisdictions to the district. So we haven't seen a lot of that, uh, 
I mean, there are people that commute, so I'm not going to say they're not. But, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, a lot of our growth has been directly connected to the tech center. So, but how much of that is, is connected to Amazon HQ2? I, I don't know that we've been able to measure. Yeah, but I think um, we probably, you and I probably need to sit down and put our heads together to showcase. You know, now we have 14 uh, Fortune Fives in our in, in, in Northern Virginia. You have, I think, one or two. Um, Arlington has one or two. Fairfax has a couple. It seems as though that when Amazon came, in my view, I had a lot of other little spinoff companies oh, coming in yeah, to support definitely. them. Yep, and I think definitely. you're going to see them flow into definitely. Loudoun County, especially as we, if we can ever get the Silver Line open. I mean, you know, we went through this big. <laughs> what you laughing at me? I, I, well, I thought it was open. Or some of it is right now. <laughs> I think they're closed again. Well, they closed a portion of it. Yeah. But that's on the orange line, technically, I guess. But it's a silver. It's going to come to the silver. Yeah, it did. So, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> after we leave this podcast, yeah, we're going to go talk, we're going to to go talk to the general, general manager, manager Randy Clark of Ramada. Yeah. But um, yep. we talked a lot about work and stuff. But you know what, man? Um, people don't know this about you. And I'm going to make sure everybody does. All right. You are a baseball and you're a sports guy. And I know you like baseball because I've talked to you about your your kids who have played baseball. Yeah. So tell me, what is your favorite team again? A uh, pro, and then we'll go to college. Uh, <laughs> probably the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Uh, you know, the- growing up, growing up was the Orioles, right? Because that was a team that was here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then uh, you know Pittsburgh's in there somewhere. Bucks are. So you're like you you you're not a fair weather fan because when the Marlins are going uh, good, you're yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, they've been they haven't been good since what is it, two thousand three? Two thousand three. Josh Beckett, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I I have to think, because uh he was on that team, yeah. yeah he the, was. He and was. I get the ninety seven team and the two thousand three yeah. team confused yeah. sometimes. But yeah. uh uh but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say, I wanna say thank you for, for joining us today. Um you said that I had notes, and as you can dutifully see, my iPad has been off. Hey, but they're you, no, but I can't. My I have uh, I have glass. Those are yours. Oh uh, well, it, is it the same as what was there? No, 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 no not at all. Yeah. But I want to okay. say to everybody, <laughs> to Tim Hemstreet, uh, County Administrator of Loudoun County, not only um, County Administrator of Loudoun County, but friend. Um, I, I I'm proud to call him a friend. Um, we talk a lot. We talk probably more than most. Peers in the region were not in uh, in competition at all, um, and when we are together, uh, the rest of the room better be on point. <laughs> we, we we do make some interesting <laughs> remarks, even with the gentleman that wears the sneakers with his suits in Arlington. Right? Yes, yeah, right? yes. But, um, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I just want to say uh, to Tim, thank you for coming on uh, Connect with County Leaders, and hopefully, um, we'll see each other again soon on another connection. And I want to thank everybody for allowing this opportunity to get to know my friend as well as my my peer in Loudoun County. So all the best to everybody. And Tim, thank you so much. No, thank you, Brian. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov slash radio. For more Fairfax County news and information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov 
slash news. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government. Thank you.